This is Ronan Cohn from Time Crash, and you are listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'll see you in the future. Scrolling for September 26, 2017. I'm Steve Foder. I'm Chip Hassenflo. We're just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully they're important to you. And if you need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. Chip, have I got a story for you. Steve, tell me a story. It has been such a great week. One of my teachers came up to me and said, Steve, do you have any books to recommend? And I said, yes, I have a list of 130 books that we have looked at on Too Much Scrolling every week for the last 100 and 170 weeks now in a row that we've been doing this show. So we've read a lot of books. We've read a lot of books. So too much scrolling has been very good to our um, to keep us keeping us on track to, on reading things. That's a, it's a great way to keep on your plan for reading. Give yourself a goal. We have a goal. We want to read a book a week. Either you read or I read, and sometimes we both read a book. So this teacher asks me, can you come into my class and give a book talk? Explain to my students what books are out there and what they should read. I said, yes, of course I can do that. I went in and I explained some of these books, and uh, they chose some of the books that I recommended from our list. What did they choose? Uh, the Punch Escrow by Tal Klein. Excellent. And Pilot X by Tom Merritt. Excellent. And Angel Killer by Andrew Maine. Excellent. So I took a picture of these slips that the kids filled out in class, and I tweeted that with all of the authors' names. Every one of these authors replied... So I, I, I decided I was gonna be I was gonna be special and I was gonna email them and I was gonna say, Hey, you guys, do a video greeting for these students who are committed to reading your book. All three of them sent me back a beautiful video greeting naming the kids who are reading their book and, and expressing how excited they are to hear that these kids are delving into their work. Steve, that ability to connect with the world that the internet has provided allows for these type of unique experiences. And these so kids... How, how exciting for the, the kids and how exciting for the authors. And every one of the authors said, while you're reading this book, contact me. Ask me questions. I am here. I'll be happy to help you getting through this material. How cool is that? That's rocking. That That's really the internet. is. Now, Steve um, is a reward-winning teacher um, and also deals with middle school students. So we're not even dealing with um, you know high school students and right. stuff like that. And they're reading. These books are uh, certainly for the general audience, right? but they're probably right at the tip of the advanced part of, I agree. of, of their reading skills. I agree. So um, they, they're, they're going to be addressing topical uh subjects mm -hmm. uh that really are in the present uh i i really think that this is going to be a fantastic thing and how wonderful that you are on your toes award-winning teacher i i am very proud of what i was able to do and yes the internet made this happen if i had to write a letter to these guys i wouldn't have heard back for a week at least well it would have been difficult for them too yeah you know it's one thing to be able to sit down and just bang something out in seconds. Mm -hmm. It's another to, well, you know, well, it's been three weeks. And right. Now they're replying back. You know, Mark Twain will be here uh, <laughs> next October. <laughs> right. So th that was a special week. I, I want to thank those guys. Again, Tal Klein, if you have not read The Punch Escrow, I really suggest that one. Tom Merritt, Pilot X is a great book. Mm -hmm. And Andrew Maine, his Jessica Blackwood series is something that is special. You should look up all of our show notes, find out about these guys, pick up those books. Okay. Uh, down.
film at 11. Brings us to our film at 11, our movie of the week, and you got to see a new movie this week called England is Mine. Tell me all about that one. All right, so England is Mine was released back in August okay. in England. This is the story of Morrissey. Morrissey is the lead singer of the Smiths, so this is a band from the 1980s. Uh, probably, um, probably one of four or five big bands that came out of England, another wave of British invasion. We had bands like The Cure, The Smiths. Um, Depeche Mode, New Order, Joy Division, those those types of, of bands. Uh, and this is takes place, as far as the story, before the Smiths, but after sort of schooling. Morrissey is kind of uh, struggling to find his way in the world, as you could probably imagine. He's kind of a poet, kind of a, a wordsmith, definitely a, a, a witty, Oscar Wilde-ish type of guy. We are introduced to some of his friends. Uh, that he grew up with, and to be honest with you, he's kind of a mope. He's kind of not a fun guy to be around. There's some interesting parts to it, but after watching this, I don't know if I could hang around this guy too much. Okay, uh, it just does. I mean, assuming this is true enough to his his character, because this is a dramatic film. This is not a documentary. This is actors portraying these characters. Yeah. So okay, and he, you know, we we get an idea of him, you know, reviewing concerts and albums, and we get an idea of where his influences. In fact, the, the entire soundtrack. There's there's no Smith songs in this. Hmm. The entire soundtrack are songs that remind you of Smith's songs. They were released back in this. These are all influences uh, for him. I think the actors were really good. Mm -hmm. I think the story was flat. And I think it's because the subject matter was flat. Okay. So if you are a person who really, really loves the Smiths or really, really loves Morrissey, um, you could probably watch it and say, oh, I watched it. But for the rest of us, um, I think you're going to find yourself bored to tears. Uh, is it too English for you? Is it no. too European? Nope. No. Nope. Huh. It's There's, just this guy, you think? Yeah, I think that's it's mm -hmm. him. And I, I think I think that this story, we have a lot. There's cult figures um, of people. And so, you know, Morrissey's a person that a lot of people find very fascinating. I, I That's the reason why I watched it. I said, oh, this, is, this could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more I got into it, you know, trying to deal with, uh, you know, a person who's socially awkward, and you say, well, you know, we, we all can be kind. No, he's a jerk. Okay. Uh, I mean, imagine being with a person who's socially awkward, but wouldn't answer you. Yeah. Um, who you could not connect with on any level. Hmm. And um, there's there's a his boss. It looks like David Brent from The Office, the okay. UK. Yeah. And that's, you know, all I can think is this guy comes in and he's just saying, well, you know, I'm a kind man. I can work with you. But um, Morrissey, you know, he's uh, he's going to do some filing. Of course, that's his job. Why wouldn't it be the most boring of all jobs? Uh, but anyway, he's up on the roof. He's writing poetry. And, Instead of doing his job. And his poetry is like, um, everyone is stupid. How can I be so bright? Why am I uh, surrounded by such imbeciles? That type of arrogance just doesn't you know, make you likable. Okay. It, it, it means you, you really are, um, he, he's a gifted writer. He has a gifted view of the world. In fact, it's wonderful that, that he was able to produce so much. But I could not imagine working with him for a significantly long time because, 
imagine a person just looking down on you every single moment. It, it, it just does not lead to a great film. So okay. I, I, on the 50-point scale, I'm sorry, on the 100-point scale with 100 being the greatest, 40-50. Okay. Somewhere around there. So not a great film. No. You've also get a chance to watch The Vietnam War, the new PBS documentary from our friend Ken Burns, documentarian of the century. So that's right. Uh, Ken Burns, uh, if you're familiar with his work, he's got the, the moving pictures. You know, the yes. still picture and you kind of move in. That's called the Ken Burns effect. I mean, you, can ha you have that on so many apps now and you know what that means because Ken Burns made this happen. Now he's not working by himself. He's got uh, Lynn Novick. She uh, is working with him, too. Okay. And this is a... You can watch it streaming. Yeah. All 18 hours of this are available right now on PBS.org. Okay. You can also watch it through PBS. They, they're, this is their big event for the fall. Correct. Uh, and this is about a very turbulent time in the U.S. history. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back uh, through my uh, history classes back in high school and, and in college, too. Um we definitely went through the revolution. Mm -hmm. Okay, we we got through the Civil War, right? Um, and then we start getting later in the year, and uh, all right, it is May, uh, and we're going to spend May first through May tenth going through World War Two. Uh, I'm sorry, World War One. World Sometimes War II. World War One. You're right. They they often skip over World War One. A passing mention of of uh, Korea. Korean War, yeah. and then uh, and Vietnam happened. Yeah, and that's it. But yeah, you know, have a good summer, kids. That's right. You guys have a great day. <laughs> and so we don't really get a lot of depth on it. Yeah, I've read some war books, and I still, I you know, I think that foreign policy is is incredibly fascinating to me. I think it's a black hole for most of us, mm -hmm. really understanding our place in the world and the, the the beacon we are we are the beacon of liberty regardless of what you think about today politics whatever it is when people come here they recognize there is a um, there's an opportunity mm -hmm. for the average person plenty of things in fact a lot of stuff i read talks about how uh, the average joe is demonized in many places of the world the united states was the first place that said you can be a merchant and you can have an honorable pr profession mm -hmm. uh, anyway regardless we're let's get back to this uh vietnam uh presentation we get the an idea of what the build-up to bring us to the vietnam war and this was a long build-up on this we were afraid of the red scare which was the soviet union after world war ii where the uh, Soviet Union was our ally. Because, you know, when you're, you're fighting two monsters, you've got Adolf Hitler and you've got Stalin, and they're both killing masses and masses of people, just, you know, because just that's what they can do. Mm -hmm. uh, and we choose one of them. Like, I don't know, there's two devils here. Let's pick the other one. Well, anyway, the Soviet Union uh, became our enemy. And uh, at that point, we were afraid communism. When I say we, the United States was afraid communism was going to expand. And it was going to take over our, our world. That allowed us to um, make some poor judgments concerning Vietnam. Vietnam was a French colony. Uh, being a French colony, they, they tried to rebuild France in Vietnam. The Vietnamese, um, while they worked with the French at that time, they really wanted to be self-governed. Mm -hmm. They wanted to be independent. Guess what? <laughs> When you push and push and push, what you end up getting is the, you know, we, we got the person coming back who's going to lead the revolution. He was trained in the Soviet Union, so we're very afraid of that. Well, communism was something that definitely was likely to be their, their choice initially. That doesn't mean historically uh, that would, would, would hold, because 
well, it, it just it won't. Very, very similar to the Soviet Union, eventually falls apart. Think about China right now, how liberal their market is, even though they're, quote-unquote, communists. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, we, we get the buildup of why this, this war started and how we chose this, and we got really involved with it. And so this is a 10-part series. It's really discussing those issues. It's talking about the failures that we ran through. Uh, there's four different versions you can choose from. Online, you can choose four different language tracks. The the broadcast version or the explicit language version. That's for the for the modern listener. Well, <laughs> th- there, there are some words in our language that would be appropriate in war, and they're not appropriate on PBS, but PBS put them into this version that's available online. That's very interesting to me. Well, you know, eventually I'm hoping they're going to address the, the draft, because we still had conscription going on at that time. Mm-hmm. And that has a you know profound way on, on how the military is set up, too. Think of all the leaders we have that joined the military but never saw service mm. uh, over someplace. Think of, and, and they're making decisions. Think of the people who burned their draft cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very divisive uh, during that time. We're trying. Some people are maybe trying to draw parallels to today's issues. I, you know, I don't. Think so. I think people long for like this feeling of meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I think that this is for me, uh, and being so close to it, I was a, a born um, during uh, the, the the last part of it, and you were too. Very, um, very, very tail end of it for me. Sure, but me yeah. Too. But what you really get is this idea that I, we just don't know enough. I got a chance to see a stand-up comedy routine on Netflix this week. Netflix is a great place to see comedy. They have a lot. They are doing some great things with the stand-up comedy routines. Tell me what you saw. I got to see Jerry before Seinfeld. This is Jerry Seinfeld's first. What is this? This is his first Netflix stand-up comedy special. His first comedy special in a very long time. I don't even remember when the last time Jerry Seinfeld was actually doing stand-up comedy on a film he got back to his original stage in the comic strip in new york city and he tells the story of how he became the jerry seinfeld really starting with his humble beginnings in the 1970s what he did to become the guy that he is today this is really funny i love jerry seinfeld i think his way of doing comedy is is a beacon for comedians since he started. I, I agree with you. I, I think that right now we're sort of at a renaissance for these people who grew up during the 70s. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the David Letterman, the um, Jay Leno, Jay Leno um, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, Steve Martin. And mm-hmm. like these guys made their, their uh, stake on comedy and changed comedy at the time. Mm-hmm. And now they're, they're off to... They're pet products. They made their money. That's right. And you know, uh, Steve Martin travels around playing banjo. He just released the first banjo album that he wrote. Well, he was How about he, that on, on the one side of one of his comedy albums. He had a banjo yeah. uh, album. But anyway, um, my my point being is Jay Leno is doing the uh, basically going to his garage. Yeah. And, and talking a, about cars. Talking about cars. Some a passion of his. Uh-huh. And Jerry Seinfeld did was it coffee and cars? Yeah, it's called Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. Okay. And it was on Crackle originally, and nobody knows about Crackle other than that show. That's the Sony uh, streaming uh, video. Service. And of course, we all know that because Crackle and Sony, they just go hand in hand. Right. So that show 
has been purchased by Netflix. So Jerry Seinfeld signed a huge contract to get Comedians in Cars, Getting Coffee, uh, all of the back library, and 24 new episodes are coming to Netflix, along with these two comedy specials. This is the first of those two. And this one explores his original, um, basically, presentation. His, his autobiography. His, his routine and his autobiography. Mm-hmm. Oh. Including a very interesting image where he takes out every piece of paper that he ever wrote any joke on and he puts them down in the street in front of his house and it covers a city block with paper of what really? he has written. Very interesting. I really highly suggest this one. Working out a, a comedy routine, working out comedy that is your vo- voice, that is unique, mm-hmm. um, and that you, you know, that that is yours. Yeah. Is amazing, it's and then, a challenge. You know, then of course you, it's, it's very scary because yeah. now you have to go out and perform it. And he was one of the lucky ones who found success with that. That's for sure. Steve, there's a lot of television that's been released. Have yes. you saw any of the uh, shows that are, have have come out this fall? I have seen a lot of the pilots for shows that are coming out this week. This is the week where TV gets started up. So those of you who watch TV, starting well Sunday technically was the day that it all started. But there's so many new shows. I got a chance to see all three of the new episodes of The Orville. This is Wonderful. Seth MacFarlane's. Star Trek spoof, and I tell you, man, this is one of the best Star Trek shows I've seen in a long time. So it's the Galaxy Quest. It is Galaxy Quest. As much as we... (laughs) Remember, we talked about Galaxy Quest was supposed to be a TV show. They were going to make it into a TV show. That has not happened yet, but the Oroville is Galaxy Quest. All right, so instead of the Enterprise, the Orville is named after Orville Wright. That's right. what we determined last time. Right. Oh, how wonderful. And then Seth MacFarlane is a very funny guy. And very thoughtful. The third episodes especially. If you've only seen the pilot, please go and watch episode two and episode three. Episode three is is the kind of story that Gene Roddenberry would really be proud of, I think. It is a mirror to our society and how we look at gender. That's the issue of... Of episode three. Expand on that. Tell me a little bit about what the story uh, was was covering. In the Orville, there is a a whole species of aliens that have no gender. They are a genderless species. He's like uh, he serves on the in, the in the military. He's a great big guy, so he's on this ship, but he has no gender. He has no gender. Right. So he has a daughter in episode two, and he in episode three is conflicted because in his society there is no gender it is it is appalling to him that this creature this daughter has gender and he wants to have the gender of this child surgically removed and the conflict is can we as a society allow this to happen or is it okay for this kid to have gender identity now this definitely is an echo of star trek star trek would uh, the original uh, series mm-hmm. would beat you over the head with a. I've, we've got a, something we'd like to discuss, uh-huh. so let us beat you over the head with it. It certainly is not the nuance of it, and Correct. it sounds like this isn't nuanced either. This is not nuanced at all. This is very obviously what are we doing in society in 2017? And here's the mirror of it with these aliens and this weird stuff that's going on. Now, you- I love it. You also got to see the 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 show The Mayor. Tell yes. me about what The Mayor is about. The Mayor is a silly sitcom. A young man decides that he wants to sell more CDs. He's a local rapper, and the way to advertise the fact that he is a local rapper and he has CDs to sell is to run for mayor. So he runs for mayor, 
and he wins. All right, this is on ABC. Yep. Have you enjoyed it so far? So far, so good. I, I really enjoy, again, the message of you can do it. You have... You can do it. You have the right thoughts. You can change society. Just your little corner of your life is, is a really good message. All right, and NBC is a, a show called The Good Place. The Good Place, this season is the, two. The season two. So tell me about what this um, is about and you know yeah. maybe what's going on let me explain season 1 the idea of the good place is Eleanor is the main character. She dies, and she goes to the good place. You know, that place that you go after you die, Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> and she knows that she wasn't a good person on Earth. She has all sorts of flashbacks of all these awful things that she did on Earth. She is certainly not worthy of being in the good place after she dies. And she knows this, and she's trying to keep it a secret from all of these people. The first season was a very succinct beginning, middle, and end story. This is something that does not happen very often in sitcoms. And at the end, there's a huge twist in season one. Season two begins with a complete reboot of season one. They start over again because uh, it's revealed that the good place is not really the good place. It's the bad place. And all of the people who are not our protagonists are the demons who are torturing these bad people. Now, this stars Kristen Bell. Yes. Which we, we know from uh, so many funny things. America's Sweetheart. Yeah. All right. She's adorable. And also studies Sam uh, from uh, Cheers. Sam from Cheers. No, Ted Danson. Ted Danson. Ted Danson, this might be his best acting. He is he is pretending to be a good person, and underneath you know that he's a demon. It's, it's really good. <laughs> All right, so on Fox, we have a, a show called Ghosted. Tell me a little bit about that. This is just silly sitcom stuff. Craig Robinson, America's favorite, Craig Robinson, is put into another situation. This time, he is a former detective who is uh, brought into a very secret society society that are investigating paranormal things. This is kind of like Men in Black meets Chuck. If you ever watched the the silly sitcom Chuck where the guy was brought into the CIA. This is they're checking out ghosts and and all sorts of supernatural things in so, silly ways. And you describe this in, in our in our warm up as sort of Men in Blackish. Yeah. It's very much like Men in Black, actually. It has that same, hey, you guy, that you didn't know that this was happening. All this stuff is happening, and now you are in charge of taking care of it. All right, so we've got some beginning shows, and you've checked them out, yep. and um, you're recommending some of these. And all week, I'll be watching all the rest of them. I've, so got, I've got a me, whole list. Give me a list of some stuff that's coming out that you can watch. Well, Star Trek Discovery started on CBS on Sunday. I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet. but So, so as of recording, we have not been able to watch that we'll review it next week because they did not let critics see it before the public sees it on sunday that's always a good that's sign. never a good sign uh, that's never a good that sign never a good sign the fact that they are broadcasting the first episode on cbs and then all the rest of them are going to be on cbs's all access online uh does not bode well for my idea of what that will be but i still hope i still hope that that is going to be good star trek on fox we've got a show called the gifted that is the x-men uh, the new mutants mm -hmm. being uh in a one-hour drama kind of similar to agents of shield okay. you know expressing longer form stories instead of just having a movie of them and we've had pretty good luck so far we mm -hmm. had uh, legion earlier on 
FX. Yes. That got great reviews. That was so good. In fact, Mark Brett from Dark 40 wrote a whole article about how much you love this. Yeah, he really enjoyed that one. All right, so on CBS, we have The Good Doctor. Yes, this is the next generation of the TV show House. If you remember House, House. on Fox, that was a medical mystery show based on Sherlock Holmes, mm -hmm. if Sherlock Holmes was a doctor. This is the next generation. This is a young person who is a medical mystery genius. He can figure out stuff that nobody else can figure out, but he is a young person, like a Doogie Howser kind of doctor, and he's autistic. So this is quite a story that they've put together that they can build some really good character interaction on top of. I, I have high expectations for the good doctor. On CBS Yes, there's also a show called The Young Sh Young Sheldon. Yeah, this is a show you will never watch. This is the prequel to Big Bang Theory. The well, that sounds that sounds awesome, Steve. <laughs> you hate Big Bang Theory so much. I don't hate anything, Steve. That's a very harsh word there. <laughs> you do not like this show as hard as anybody could not like a show. This show is going to be even worse for you. I'm going to eat this up. I love silly sitcoms. This is a silly sitcom about a nerdy kid who does not fit in in his elementary school and so he goes to the high school because he's that smart and he really doesn't fit in at the high school and and we'll see will he wear that a bow tie happens. steve of will, he, he will he wear a bow tie bow ties are cool <laughs> all right so we also have nbc we've got a blast from the past yes will and grace is returning i I'm not quite sold on the concept here that we need to get these specific characters back on the air it's 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 very much like if they told me that Friends was coming back for a full season. I would go, really? Haven't we told that story? Isn't that story over? Shouldn't we find other characters and do other things? We'll see what happens with Will and Grace. Steve, I didn't watch it the first time. I'm not going to watch it this <laughs> you time. You don't like sitcoms. <laughs> you don't. I love sitcoms. I have high expectations for some of these new shows. All right. We got movies coming out. We do tend to see movies. Yes. Uh, American Made is the first one that is coming this week. This Tom Cruise. Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise piloting an airplane for the CIA as a drug runner during the 1980s. All right, so we watched the uh, the preview of this. Mm -hmm. My first thought was, this looks like a made-for-Netflix film. I which, agree. Which means it's it's capable. Yeah. But, boy, Tom Cruise just seems like he, this may not be the part for him. I, I don't Although it know. looks interesting. I don't know that Tom Cruise is the right character for this. I think a, I think a younger man, maybe a, a more comedic actor, Steve, would Tom work better. Tom is immortal. Well, he's certainly got the hair of a younger man in this. He's going to be running in this film, I bet. I'm sure that there's running after he flies the planes, yes. I'm sure that that <laughs> will be happen. There'll be a running scene somewhere. So I, I don't know what to tell you about this one. I, I think it might be okay. I don't think it'll be great. Steve, if we were going to relive the past and watch a remake of a <laughs> movie, happens. what would we say? We are in an era where the 90s are just on a, on a tear. We want to remake everything from the 90s right now. Today's a good day to die, Steve. <laughs> Flatliners is being remade. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland is in it in a cameo role. There's no Kevin Bacon, no Julia Roberts, no Oliver Platt. It's a next generation kind of story. Steve, it just looks like you know, if you wanted to go to the unknown fr frontier, it would be exploring death. Yes. Yes, because there's there's so many different things that could happen after you die. We don't know, right. and Flatliners examines that. And, and you'll have some kid beat you up or something. Right. We're looking at Never Stop, Never Stopping. <laughs> 
uh, Bill Hader was uh, doing flatlining. Right. For, yeah, just just because. Because it's just a part of our, our consciousness. We know about flatliners even if we didn't see it in 1990. There's another movie about dying and coming back coming out that's called... More Death, Steve, in October? October? All about death and rebirth and and zombies. This one is called Re Alive. It is a you know art house kind of science fiction story about what could happen if we created the science to bring back the dead. So this is a gentleman who has a disease. Mm-hmm. He's going to choose to hibernate uh, for a period of time. But the twist is, it looks like his. Um, significant other decides she's going to go with him there you go or, or something like or that. something like that we're not quite sure from the trailer but this looks like an interesting one has accompanied him the entire time wow. in a way so we don't know we don't know what's going to happen oh we don't this know is, is, that's a guess looks that's very guess. artsy very science fiction netflix always has something to give us steve what are they giving us this week this week we have stephen king's novel gerald's game which was published in 1992 is coming to movie form on netflix it's a little kinky steve it is it it's is a, a psychological thriller it, it uh, I can't express this very well. I need you to go and look at the trailer. There's a misery part to this, Steve. There's a there's a psychological thing that is happening in this story, and I, and the trailer captures it very well. I look we would forward say young to this lovers, one. but these are all middle aged old uh, lovers. Couple. Yes, they're getting together and they're going to. Uh, Explore some fun time. Uh-huh. And then, uh, then it takes dies. a tragic twist. That's what heart attacks do to you, Steve. And Stephen King is so good at expressing mental issues. And the mental issues that come up in this trailer, I look forward to seeing the rest of this movie. I will watch it with the lights on. <laughs> There's a movie called Our Souls at Night. This is Robert Redford and Jane Fonda finding love in their age. Oh, there you go. It's good for that. We gotta have something for the boomers. This is definitely a movie for baby boomers that love is not over just because you are gray haired and living alone. There's still the neighbor down the street who's Jane Fonda. Uh, well, she's lonely, Steve. <laughs> she's lonely. And she finds Robert Redford. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that works right uh, of course it's that way that's, of course it's that way we're going to be watching on golden pond after this <laughs> this is on golden pond 21st century edition we've got another movie about the watergate scandal coming out this week it's called mark felt the man who brought down the white house this is interesting uh we've already explored this in a lot of books mm-hmm. we've explored this in a lot of movies yet we're going back to the well on this this, this is, is one th- more perspective this looks interesting but my, my point is is that we've had many of these and we're so far removed from it Steve. yeah this is the guy who w- worked under the name deep throat and told bob woodward and carl bernstein all about this watergate scandal maybe it's maybe i've explained why it's it's come uh he this gentleman passed away a couple of years ago aha and that may be the reason why this is coming out so now his story can be told so who do you get to play him liam neeson sam the the eagle sam the eagle liam neeson himself is going to be on the phone yelling at people a lot in this movie right. i don't know who you are he's got a certain set of skills steve <laughs> That's right. It looks fun. I I don't know. I don't know that it's a, a great he's a movie. One. But he's, he he does look like he's going to to hurt he, somebody in this story. Ian McGregor's going to have to train him. That's right. Book it. Book it. Book it. Book it. Book it. Book it. 
Brings us to our book at our book of the week. I have been having a blast reading the new Rob Reed novel called After On. All right, so this looks really, really good. This Steve, is Steve. Let's talk a little bit about our artificial intelligence. Okay. Tell me about this book. This is a very deep dive into the current technology that we have and the possibilities of what it will be in the very near future. This is but, not science fiction. This is speculative fiction. And in addition. To that this is a story this is not a uh you know a, a deep exploration of each of the issues that's right but i mean th there is that but it's being told as part of a story we follow our protagonists in this story as they are finding out the mystery of these mysterious things that are happening in silicon valley and we find out through the course of the story that there is a super intelligence an artificial intelligence that is uh, a major company and is definitely a mirror of our real life big companies google and facebook we could probably facebook. google that to find out what if google gained sentience Oh, no. What if Facebook gained sentience? It probably would have an Arnold Schwarzenegger accent. Well, they choose a, a female character as the as the character in this story. But, yeah. Scarlett Johansson, of course. Uh-huh. <laughs> what would happen if those companies had a supercomputer that was suddenly sentient the story here is very provocative it is very close to what we are doing in real life and there are so many issues that rob reed connects with in this narrative that he's decided to go ahead and do a podcast where he interviews people who are working in each of these fields to get the current layout of the science steve is it all cautionary uh, yes, this is an all cautionary tale, and the interviews that he's doing on the podcast are also all cautionary. All of these experts in these fields are all saying we need to be very careful with what we do with superintelligence, with quantum computing, with synthetic biology, with uh, privacy is a huge question mark in all of these conversations. And with augmented reality, there, the opening scene of this book, there is a woman in a bar, a man walks up to her and seems to know about her, seem, he says that he knows her roommate from college and expresses all sorts of things that she keeps hidden, keeps private, and it's revealed that he's wearing augmented reality glasses and he's being fed this information from a computer. He doesn't actually know her. These are some scary issues that we need to make sure that we protect ourselves. Well, thank goodness Neo is there to protect us. <laughs> this is this definitely crosses into the Matrix. This definitely crosses into the the e Elon Musk theory that maybe this is all just we, we're a, all living a hologram. In the uh huh. Yes. It does cover all of those issues. I love this book. This is maybe not my favorite book of 2017. The Punch Escrow is my favorite book of 2017. But this is a really good step toward all of the analysis of all the science that is really happening in computing right now. Sure. And uh, the podcast, the accompanying conversations that Rob Reed is having with the experts is very good. I How enjoy wonderful. listening to all of that. Scratch. 
grow with it. Brings us to our scroll with it. It's autumn. As of last Friday, Steve, at yeah. 3.01 here in Chicago. Yeah. Um, you could tell it in the nip in the air. 97 a, degrees on Friday. <laughs> you can just almost feel it. It's it's so cool. The Christmas. Gosh. Probably our first frost is around the corner. It is right around the corner. This is Chicago. If you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. <laughs> that's how that's how it works. But yeah, autumn is here, and it comes with a, a huge heat wave, record-setting temperatures, and me sitting in the basement. <laughs> yes, it was a little warm it's... for the first day of autumn. But you know what's really interesting is the trees uh, are totally uh, confused by this. Half of them have already started turning uh, colors. Uh-huh. The other half are still like bright green, yeah. uh, just ready to keep going. So it's going to be a very interesting fall this year. It is going to be an interesting season, and we look forward to all of that. Maybe we can find ourselves a good book to read. With some pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice books. That's that's what's next. Google has once again, because you know she's woken up uh-huh. and she's helping us. What is she going to help us with at the library, Steve? She has a list of all of your library's e-books that are available. Your local library. Your local library, based on your zip code. If you Google the title of a book right now, scroll down a little bit, and on the right you will see where it is available in an e-book form from your local library. It's like... It's becoming aware of itself, Steve. Yeah. It's helping us out. It is. It's helping us out. That's that's the story of After On, it, is the AI will always help us, it's, right? She's your friend. Of course she is. This is a great service. I, I use my library all the time for, for the books that we read here on Too Much Scrolling, and having one more way we, to search is great. We use a lot of eBooks uh, as part of our, our podcast because yes. it's a way to get material and then be able to see it you can look at it on your smartphone you can listen to it sometimes mm-hmm. you can look at it on your tablet your computer the idea is to get through it and use your local library you are paying your taxes to have the library system if you don't support the library system by actually using the material it's going to go away well you have you pay for netflix every month or hulu right. or a cable subscription whatever it's not any different with your library you're basically paying for an inscription you whether you want to through your tax dollars, right. you, you have a subscription to a service that will provide you things. And you have access to so much information over there. Go to your local library, figure out what their local system is, and then Google will show you how to get to that information. She's aware, Steve. She also bought a big chunk of HTC. Google and HTC have signed a $1.1 billion cooperation agreement. Google has been using HTC to build the Pixel phone and uh, they they apparently liked the service that they had with HTC, which is fascinating because mm-hmm. Google bought Motorola just a few years ago, yeah, and uh, basically bought them for the patents, and then sold off all the rest. Uh, but yeah, the, the really, I mean, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And but they've chosen to work with HTC. And Hello, Moto. Right, Motorola is is still struggling, even though that that all went through. HTC is struggling as well. We'll see what happens with Google and HTC. Google's going to show us what they have on October fourth, but uh, I that's, think that's sort of their Apple event. It it is their event where they're going to show us their their wares for the Christmas season. But it looks like all of their things have been leaked already, including a 
Google Home Mini to uh, you know, be a device that's kind of like your Alexa, mm-hmm. the Amazon Dot, the little tiny Alexa, mm-hmm. a $50 price tag on that, and the Pixel 2, uh, the second phone from Google. It looks like we know everything we need to know about that before this event. Well, it looks like also Nest, which is owned by Google, mm-hmm. which is your thermostat, uh, is going to be able to perform the, the services of Google Home. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be able to talk to you. Interesting. So, Steve, she'll be there she's all the time. She's everywhere. She's watching everything. All right. Give me some good news that's probably a little less scary. Well, it's October 1st next Sunday, and the good news is now I can watch all of my horror movies and and not be weird for watching all those black and white 1930s classic monster movies. Turner Classic Movies is doing a huge marathon of these movies the list is is pretty impressive if you go to our show notes it is a long list of movies and they're commercial free so when you're watching them you're gonna be able to watch the entire thing yeah and uh without commercials i love it you'll get the introduction though everybody loves the the turner classic movie i do i love those like Back in 1931, when uh, Frankenstein was released. Right. And they give you a story and... A little bit of background, a little bit of information about what you're going to watch. It was a heat wave (laughs) in the Chicago area. (laughs) I I look forward to to tuning in to Turner Classic Movies uh, quite a few times in the month of October. There's some... This list is so long. There's some very unique titles on here, like Willard is on this list. Sure. That's pretty... That's not seen and, very often. And The Mummy. Well, The Mummy... I'm teasing. The Mummy is on the on the top ten list of those Universal Monster movies. And so before Ted Turner... Um, I'm sorry, before he sold his uh, company to uh, CBS or Viacom C- or whoever it was. Whoever it was that week. All right, but anyway, uh, regardless, Ted Turner at least sat down and said, you know, we probably should buy the rights to all these old movies. Thank you, Ted. I, I appreciate that fact now. Now that looking back and seeing how these movies are preserved, I'm glad that he did that. All right, Steve. Christmas is coming. We have less than 100 days it's from not, it. It's still September. We're still, we're still in September. Steve, it's 95 degrees outside. <laughs> Christmas is coming. Crisp autumn weather is here. It's Christmas coming. is coming. It's on. It's right around the corner. Let's just say that it was the day before Thanksgiving and you had a dare. No. And you had to go to Aldi. And um, what would you end up purchasing at that point? I I love Aldi, first of all. I, I like shopping there. They have a lot of things that I need, but they don't have too much, which is a great balance. Their, their beauty is limiting choices. Uh-huh. But they, you know, if you want mustard, you want ketchup, Here's you want mustard. chicken. Here's ketchup. They've got it. And yep. they, they have great buyers, too. Yep. So anyway, everyone loves Aldi. But tell us what they've done extra special this year so their great buyers have gone out and put together an advent calendar that you can pick up at your local aldi so for your kids they can always get the chocolate advent calendar you know the countdown to christmas Uh for your um maybe your children you want to spend a little bit more money i think 50 bucks you can go to lego store and get the lego i love that advent calendar especially the star wars one yeah they've got the star wars Lego advent calendar. I've gotten that a couple of times. Hey, but you but, know, for the kids. But what if um, mom and dad want to get their drinky drinky on? Good. Aldi has put together a wine advent calendar, a Steve. reasonably priced wine box full of all sorts of different flavors. So it's it's fifty pounds. Fifty pounds, which is almost a hundred dollars. Yeah. All yeah. right. So you get twenty four bottles of wine. Yeah. 
So you have you have yeah you, know, you have a little a dare. Christmas cheer. You have a little dare every every day. Every day, <laughs> every day between now and Christmas. What are I, we trying? <laughs> let's let's give it a try. Let's see what happens. I, I love Advent calendars. I love the anticipation that is the holiday season. And here we are, pumpkin spicing it up with with wine. Steve, how else are you going to get that red nose? <laughs> Somebody has to be in the front of the sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> It's 95 degrees out, Steve. Fall is here. Christmas gets a little pumpkin spice. Let's go swimming. <laughs> it's it's such a confusing time in Chicago weather, that's for sure. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think, Chip? Only if we can come back next week. I think, we, I think we're good to come back next week. If you need more information, give us a call or a text. Our phone number is 805-410-4TMS. Our website is TooMuchScrolling.com. Our email is TooMuchScrolling at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio and every day of the week. You can find all the news that you need on our news site, news.toomuchscrolling.com. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Foder. I'm Chip Hessenflow. We'll see you in the future. I just want to